Good, good morning, afternoon, or evening. What a truly beautiful day it is. Wherever you are, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your humbled host, Tony Serrano, and this is The PhD in Me. Welcome back, friends. What a truly beautiful day it is. So if you missed last week, I got really deep. I talked about gratitude. I talked about how grateful I am to be a mother, to be a wife, to be able to experience motherhood, to be able to experience partnership and all this love in my life. So if you want, go check that out right now. And today we're going to switch a little bit of gears. I know from the title you might be saying, hey, Tony, You know, you talked a lot about gratitude last week. How can you be talking about grief and despair and loss this week? And so I wanted to quickly answer a question I'm sure all of you have right now. So the question is, is it possible to feel gratitude one week and despair another? And so my answer is yes. And maybe another question, if you have the PhD in me, why do you still feel so many emotions? So on the contrary, I'm a human, and if I didn't feel emotions, I wouldn't be human. So the PhD in me isn't to only feel peace all the time. The PhD in me is learning to thrive with all of your emotions involved, to embrace all your emotions, and then to choose your reaction to them. But first, we have to start embracing our emotions. So that's why this Last week and this week, I'm sharing all of my raw emotions and it's totally natural and normal to feel gratitude one moment and maybe even despair or loss the next. They seem like they can be very opposite, but they really have a nice flow going back and forth between and that's where you gain those insights. You're able to look at the light in the world and in your life and you're also able to look at the darkness and the darkness doesn't always mean evil or bad or negative or, you know, sometimes the darkness is just the unknown, something that is seeking to be more explored, that needs a deeper look into what's going on. And so that's what these emotions are. You know, I really don't see emotions as good or bad emotions. They're just emotions. And where it gets the good and bad is how do we react to those? Because we're going to feel all of them because that's just how we're made. We're human and we have lots of emotions. So that's the PhD in me is just learning how to navigate through that and to live the best life that I know and you know you're worthy of. So with that settled, let's jump into today. So I was watching something I used to watch when I was younger, and it was on Nickelodeon. It's called Avatar The Last Airbender, and recently Netflix, I guess, has it on Netflix, and so I watched the entire um, seasons. There's three seasons with Angel and our son, and it was really nostalgic for me. (laughs) like we this whole I would say the last two weeks we've just been binging and like going through all of it and actually today we finished the season finale so to watch it again as an adult you know to watch it again now so many years later when I'm already moved out married um, a mother you know with so many things going on in life like 
to see it again, it was just so nostalgic for me and it brought back so many memories. So I kind of wanted to share what the premise of the Avatar is and that kind of leads into today's episode. So basically the premise is that there's this Avatar named Aang and his destiny is to save the world and right now it's being taken over by the fire nation so like there's these four elements i'm not going to go crazy into it but it's air water earth and fire and he's the master of all four so basically he just wants to restore peace to the world but there's so many other big ideas within that you know talking about your destiny and you know living it and choosing it and you know saying yes basically and then there's so much about you know, honor and and earning the respect or the pride of the parents. And so Zuko, he's one of another characters and his whole, you know, two and a half seasons purpose is to hunt the Avatar to restore his honor. But it's this really nice, uh, simple cartoon that has a very deep meaning. So if you're looking for something for with more sustenance, you know, not so much about like Tiger King. If you're ready for to get a little bit deeper and um, be really entertained along the way, then I would definitely suggest Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. Yeah, I'm sure you can find some episodes anywhere else, probably on Hulu. But um, yeah, I guess it just really resonated with us this last couple weeks. And so I think the biggest takeaways was to make our parents proud. I know that's such a big theme in my generation, the Gen Zs and the Millennials, to make our parents proud, to make our parents happy, to make, you know, to like really just do what our parents envisioned for us there, you know, to fulfill their expectations of us. And I know that, you know, me, myself included with my friends and my inner circle, that that's really why the driving... It's really the driving force for, you know, the professions that we choose and what we decide to live our life by. So, you know, the avatar goes into making our parents proud and, you know, having honor and all these things. But Zuko really lays it out beautifully and he says that I was able to do all the things that you wanted me to father but I lost myself along the way. And basically, he spent this whole time trying to gain his father's acceptance, but then he lost who he was as a person, and who his father wanted him to be was not who he was. And so he had this deep revelation, and it shows, you know, the fall of him and then to go into the good. So, you know, there's this really big tie, and it's really a tender spot for a lot of people that I know. And another big overarching theme is accepting your destiny. And sometimes who we think we should be and who we are, oftentimes, more often than not, isn't aligned. And so in this episode and in this series, it shows that you can't just sit down and expect destiny and fate to just unfold in front of you. You have to be a participant. You have to take action to make that happen. You can't just sit there and do nothing. And with 
Aang, you know, like, he has to embrace who he is, even though he just wants to be an average 12-year-old. Like, he has to save the world, and this whole time he's fighting it, but then, you know, he just says, you know what, I'm gonna, this is my destiny, and I know that I can shape parts of it and other parts I can't shape, so I need to participate, you know, either way, regardless. And I think that was such a very deep theme and deep message that they did a great job, you know, a great job relating it to children. So I guess my only thing at the end, I was a little bit, hmm, I don't know, like I couldn't say one way or the other. I was kind of like bittersweet. But they portrayed the happy ending, right? You know, like good prevails, you know, the loved ones don't die and they restore their honor and they bring peace back to the world and they're all celebrated because they've conquered their destiny. Like they've lived up to their destiny and they've changed and they've done and they've taken the action needed to become the person that they were destined to be. And I think I relate that more to healing so you know it's hard to overcome what our societal pressures or cultural pressures or even with our parents the standards that they have and their expectations of who they expect us to be versus who we are you know when you have that moment in your life when you realize that and when you decide that who you are is more important than who you think you should be you know it's not popular And it's not something that people will celebrate you for. There will not be a happy ending. You will have hurt. You know, there will be some pain that you need to go through. You don't need to suffer for the rest of your life, but it's not easy. And it does require a lot of discipline and a lot of self-love and a lot of self-forgiveness and a lot of self-acceptance. So, you know, it's nice in the movies how they portray it such a happy ending but you know oftentimes it's not like that or oftentimes people don't cheer for you because you've decided to take a different road and going into today's topic I really wanted to talk about like the generational wounds generational trauma inherited you know trauma from the generations through your heritage that you know these are certain habits that have created you know, pain and emotional pain and maybe even physical, spiritual, emotional pain that has been passed down. It's inherited, you know, there's certain diseases that you can inherit through your DNA. And I also believe that there are certain beliefs and wounds and limitations and traumas that can transcend through each generation. And so today with the despair and the grief and the loss, like I really wanted to hit on that topic. I feel like Avatar really is an easy preface into be able to consider and ultimately have you accept what has happened in your family heritage in the generations. So... So now just jumping into generational trauma, like I feel that there is so many things within my family unit and Angel's family unit that were inherited. You know, it was just like these self-imposed limitations, um, believing that we had lack and limitation, that there was an abundance, that God wasn't out there to take care of us. You know, like there's just certain ideas, you know, like don't trust the wealthy man. They're always out to get you. Um, 
you know, go to college because it's the only way to be free and the only way to be respected and the only way to be happy. You know, like there's like these ideas and, and hopefully you can think of some that are within your family that you believe, you know, there's, so there's certain things that have limited the, the children that are born into these families and whether it be in the way that they want to have relationships, the way they want to be married, the sexual orientation, whatever beliefs that they feel is, is authentic to them. They feel like they're limited, that they can't have that. Like I can't have a happy life because everyone in my family hasn't had a happy life. Therefore, I inherit that and, you know, I participate in a self-sabotage. You know, you can't trust people outside of the family. And so the people that are actually trying to help you, your family hurts you more. And, you know, there's like these little, little pieces that hold you back or thinking that, you know, having a man in your life is, is evil and you can't rely on men, you know, like having these, these certain ideas can really hold the child that is born into that back. And there's so many wounds, like, you know, that I learned, like how to treat people in a relationship. And I learned like, that's not the way that I want to have my relationship in the future. And that's how, what, and that's what's led to, you know, Angel and I having so much effort and so much consciousness and awareness and, you know, humility and honesty and acceptance in our relationship because we saw in our families the lack of that and how it can really just hurt a person and have them suffer for the rest of their life. So another thing that we learned in both our families is financial limitations. So if you don't participate in becoming financially literate, if you don't know about credit score, or if you don't know about how to leverage your money or how to save or how to distinguish between needs and wants and, you know, investing in yourself and the future and planning for retirement, you know, all of these things, a lot of our family members, they they weren't financially literate. And so that's also another generational wound or a generational habit that we decided we were going to change. And so I started to go through a lot of these wounds, like just even for myself, like I'm going to accept myself regardless of societal standards. Like I know my worth and it's not measured by a college degree. I know my worth and it's not measured if I tattoo my body or if I don't you know, I'm going to wear whatever clothes are comfortable for me, even if they have holes in them, even if they don't match, even if they're oversized or too small or, you know, anything. Like, I know my worth and it's not going to be judged on any out, on any external material thing. And that's not something, I say it now, but it wasn't easy going through that. You know, being able to wear my hair naturally, even though in the society, you know, it's, you know, straight hair that's smooth and sleek and not frizzy and not curly, you know, like I had such a big pressure to straighten my hair, to blow dry it, to curl it, to wear makeup, you know, like it's not something like I had to pluck my eyebrows, you know, I had to shave my legs. There's all these, these things and these ideas. And I knew, I knew that deep down what I was worth and that, you know, I, I wasn't going to be molded into something that I wasn't. And that was overpowering and it took a little bit I would say a lot of it a lot of years you know and a lot of commitment to say I'm gonna resist I'm gonna resist because who I am is stronger than who I think I should be and and that's a very powerful moment and it's not like 
one day to the next, you know, this took years and I failed a ton. I did my makeup. I, you know, I, I looked the part, you know, I went to college. I did, I did everything that, you know, you think you should. And then I realized that wasn't me and it's not going to lead me to fulfillment. It's not going to lead me to self-love. It's not going to lead me to peace and to healing my trauma. You know, that's not going to, that's not what's going to get me there. You know, it has its place, but it doesn't, but it's not going to work for me. And so the PhD in me is really finding like what's going to work for you. And it's not the same for everybody. But the more that we take time to sit down and say what we're worth and what we're not, what we're willing to take and what we're not willing to take. And, you know, setting that expectations and standards for us that we set that are not dependent upon cultural or societal or parental, you know, beliefs or standards and expectations. Like the more we put our foot down, so to speak, is the better we're going to know what you know the balance that we need there and so the last month I would say you know the last year really and I would say even when I moved out shoot so it's been like five years that I've been slowly both Angel and I have been taking down these generational wounds and healing them and knowing that like we don't need a ton of friends to prove our self-worth or to prove that like you know, we're good people to be around, you know, it's not dependent upon that. And we don't need XYZ to prove that we deserve to eat healthy and to go out and get fit. Like, that's another generational thing. Like, it wasn't really in our families to take care of our body, to eat well, um, to work out, to meditate, none of that. Meditation and yoga, we're definitely not. And so, you know, those are things that we have now adopted. And so within the last five years, you know, healing these generational inherited traumas and and habits and wounds, it was kind of bittersweet. And now, you know, last podcast, I talked about gratitude, you know, just the ability to be a wife or to experience partnership and to experience love and the unconditional love of a child, you know, to experience motherhood. I'm so grateful to be where I am right now because I know that my past family and Angel's past family have really struggled to find happiness, to find peace, to find love and enjoyment of life. And for those things that I'm able to experience now, I'm so grateful. But I can't lie to you and say that it's not a bittersweet feeling. Because now, yes, I've experienced things that, you know, people have never been able to experience before. But it does make me feel grief. You know, grief is an extreme feeling of sorrow, of of sadness. And I grieve because it is a loss. I can't lie to you and say that it's not bittersweet to jump so many generations ahead. You know, I went to the beach last Wednesday with just Angel and our son. And I sat on the beach and I was just full of gratitude. And I was just thinking, this is so perfect. This is perfect. We're just sitting on the beach. We're building sandcastles. Doesn't matter like what's going on. 
It doesn't matter what we're wearing or what we're about or what we've done. We're just here on the beach in the sand and we're playing and it was just beautiful. And then I was thinking to myself, like, this is what we fought for. I look at Angel and I look at her son and the love and the happiness. And I'm not saying that we're content and fulfilled to where we don't have goals, but you know, where we are right now. I was just like, this is what we fought for. This is what we talked about when we were in high school and, you know, we had a bad day or we got into an argument and with our family and, you know, we met up and we were like, dang, we got grounded and all these things. Like, this is what we fought for. These are all those talks that we had, you know, within the four walls. It's always funny. Within the four walls of a car, within the four walls of a room, or within our four corners of the bed. Like so many things have happened that are have such a profound effect on our family. And it was just beautiful to, to sit on the beach and to think about that. But I can't lie to you and tell you that it wasn't bittersweet because then later that evening, I actually started to feel despair. I actually started to feel grief. And... I was a little bit confused. I can't lie. Like I was confused because I said, "Why am I why am I feeling this this sorrow?" You know, and despair is the absence of hope. So why why was I feeling that? And and so then I just thought about it for a moment. I got quiet because I know that when you ask questions, an answer will soon reveal itself. So I guess two things came up. So here's one. It's quite simple to heal the generational wounds. In retrospect, looking back, it's quite simple. You know, you figure out the things that you don't like about how your family is dealt with their life, things that you don't want to happen, certain relationship things or financial things or career things or spiritual things or, you know, physical things like fitness and health, you look, you look back and you say, you know, I don't want to yell at my spouse. You know, I don't want to argue over things that don't matter. I don't want to waste any time. And so you, you take a moment. So it's quite simple to heal generational wounds. Now, I'm not saying it's easy because there's a lot of pain that goes through that and it takes a lot of effort and commitment and love, really just lots of love because, you know, when I talked about the sweet surrender a few episodes back, like you just have to surrender sometimes and sit with it and embrace the emotions. But in in all retrospect, it is quite simple and yet it's so often overlooked. You know, the adults who heal their childhood wounds are few and far between. And so I felt, I felt a lot of grief, a lot of loss of hope, like a lot of despair. And, you know, it's quite simple in the scheme of things to accept who you are, accept your child as a parent, let go of who you've been and choose who you're going to be. You know, you realize that how your parents raised you isn't how you have to raise your children. And I'm an empath, and that's someone who just feels profound sense of empathy. And so anytime that I have these these insights where I feel lots of gratitude, well, then I'll go out into the world and I can feel other people's sense of gratitude. And the same thing happens when I have these 
harder emotions like despair and grief. I go out into the world and I and I feel it. It's magnified. Like now I have these these special glasses and I can see everyone's grief and despair and it magnifies the way I feel. And so I was I guess I was feeling that because I I saw, you know, all the unhealed adults or all the children that are actively going through a wounding traumatic experience and I could feel it and so the second thing that came up and this one's really sensitive and but it has to be talked about you know I really hope that you're able to ground down with me and to really just just listen consider you know maybe it's not time for you to heal the wounds yet maybe you need a little bit of more space to express and explore the person that you are and you have to find that through self-love So I'm not saying that this has to happen overnight. I'm just sharing, you know, something that I've been feeling. And, you know, the second thing that made me feel grief and despair is that I realized that if my parents weren't able to do that for me, that means that their parents didn't love them enough to change. And that hit me. Because hurt people hurt people. I'm hurt. I'm sure you've heard that saying. And maybe my great-grandparents' parents didn't love them enough to change. Or maybe, you know, it goes. And so when I saw it from that perspective, because, you know, I did go through a stage of anger towards my parents for not accepting who I am or not supporting me and encouraging me. And at the times when I need them the most... They were absent and maybe it was because of fear or maybe they didn't want to learn how to talk to me, you know. And so it, in that sense of grief, I then realized that, you know, how sad I felt so much sorrow that maybe their parents didn't love them enough to change or to try or to figure it out, you know. And so I consider that you know, perhaps my parents didn't love me enough to change, you know, and I realized that I had to accept myself and encourage myself to be who I am. And I could say they didn't know. I could say they didn't want to know, you know, they wanted to live their life for them. And when we're going through this type of progression, it's easy to start to get angry again. It's easy to get very emotional and get roused But then I realized that that's the worst case scenario. You know, worst case scenario is is they didn't love me the way that I love myself. And I had to love myself because, you know, I wanted to drop out of college and I wanted to be with one person that I've been with since high school. And I didn't want to have a ton of friends. And I didn't want to do my hair and I wanted it to be natural. I didn't want to do makeup. You know, I wanted to be comfy. Um, and there's just so many things I had to stand for for myself. And I could have easily gotten angry again. But, you know, you can't anticipate the future when you're going on this journey. So maybe at the moment, they didn't love me as much as love me enough to change their ways or enough to see their ways but you know if that's there then that leaves me the space now to accept that you know accept the worst case scenario and then anything 
over that, you know, the future hasn't come yet and things can change. And so anything over that is a bonus. You know, I just have to rejoice. It's the extra. It's something that I wasn't expecting. And something else that I also realized is that going deep within me, them admitting what they've done or what they failed to do ultimately isn't going to help me heal because I need to be at a place where I can accept it regardless. Regardless, I forgive. Regardless, I accept myself. So yes, the ego part of a human would be nice to say, you know, I failed you in this, 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 this. I did. I I take accountability. But in order for you to heal the trauma, to heal the generational wounds, you can't wait for the I'm sorry to then heal. You have to decide, I'm going to heal regardless. And now I know I have the confidence because I've healed regardless of the accountability or not that I'm not going to take it moving forward from today on now. You know, I've said in my book, like the shackles are off today, tomorrow, and for the rest of my life. Meaning that, yes, I was hurt. Yes, I had some trauma. Yes, I had some pain. Yes, I suffered. But you know what? I've decided now that I'm not going to suffer anymore. I'm not going to be in pain. That I deserve love. That I have love in my life. And that I know what I'm willing to take. And I can set those boundaries and, and put my foot down and not feel wavering. To be immovable. To know what I'm worth. And that as soon as something comes up that is not okay with me, you know, you just cut ties. And so when you really heal, you have to get to that place where regardless of that apology, because sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes, you know, with its generational, you can't go back generations because people are not alive anymore. And so you have to find and get to a place where you can heal without the I'm sorry and where you can start healing now, even though the person that hurts you hasn't even healed for the reason why they hurt you in the first place. You know, it gets into this really big... Um, kind of like cobweb, right? So you just got to focus on your specific part and what you can do right now. And I can tell you this with full confidence that you can heal yourself and any generational trauma without an apology. And you don't have to wait for someone to tell you that it's okay now. Yes, you're allowed to. You don't have to wait for that permission. You just go You just go and you take it and you grab it and you run with it and you get that love that you deserve and you have that discipline and the commitment to love yourself and to have that open line of communication and to have that respect, you know, and to be happy and to do what makes you happy and to be yourself and accept yourself for all the things that you are and all the things that you aren't. And, you know, embrace all these emotions, even if they feel yucky, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel good to feel bad, (laughs) but that's just that's just being human and that's just a part of life and there's there's nothing out there you know there's no phone or no social media or no amount of people around you that can that can take those bad feelings away like you just have to be able as a phd in me to sit down and to sit with them and then say i'm going to choose my reaction to this i'm going to choose my response to this and you know, just remember that you always have that choice. No matter how yucky the feelings feel, no matter how angry you get or how much you feel hate and resentment and you want to get revenge, you know, as as much as you feel those, 
don't don't judge yourself when you're feeling it. It's about the response. It's what are you going to do as a action, as a reaction? And my friends, you always have that choice. And to kind of wrap things up, you know, last week I felt a lot of gratitude. This week I felt a little bit of despair and grief. And, you know, honestly, I was harboring it last week too. It was just really subtle, but I knew subconsciously, hey, it happened. It happened. But look what I have now. Look where I'm at now, today. If they loved me, I wouldn't be and have and do all the things I do now. This happened for a reason and I'm stronger because of it. Not strong just to be strong. Strong to help others who aren't strong enough to help themselves. And for that, I won't waste it. I won't waste the time with the gifts I've been given. Like when I go to work, I often feel really guilty for not spending time with our son. You know, I love him so much and I want to be there and be a great parent. But I love him and I need to do this. And my promise to him is that every moment I'm away from him, I won't waste it. I'll get the work done. I'll grow as a person. I'll make it work for me. And then I'll spend time with him when I'm done. And I'm, you know, able to clock out from that. And, you know, that's a whole nother episode about how to clock out, how to like fulfill your needs. And as a parent, still be able to be present with your child. And even with people that are in your life, your spouse or your partner. And so, you know, we'll talk (laughs) later about how to clock out. But I knew that... I didn't want to waste any time and I I don't want to feel guilty being away from my son. So anytime I am away, I'm not going to waste it. Like if I just need mommy time to reset myself, I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to really enjoy the hot tub and, you know, really relax and get grounded. You know, if I'm with Angel, then I'm really going to not waste it and enjoy. I'm not going to spend any time arguing if we're on a date because, you know, that's time for mommy and daddy to center themselves as their relationship so they could be better parents. You know, if it's about work or or working out, it's like, well, I'm going to not waste this time working out because I want to be healthy and be able to participate in sports if he wants to when he's older, you know, and just be there to watch him grow, you know, to be healthy. So, you know, I'm going to do those things and I'm not going to waste it. And so, You know, I think something that the parents today and for all the time, you know, I've talked to many generations and this is a a common theme, you know, healing that parental wound or, or somehow that generational, like this is a common theme and, you know, I was, I had a lot of loss of hope, like, because I see, you know, the odds aren't very good for those that can heal this, but, you know, That's just somewhere that we can advance and work on. And and that's the point of life is to grow and to get better. So, you know, I things that I've realized is that parenting, you know, really is a lifelong commitment. It's lifelong. Like no matter what happens between Angel and I, no matter what happens in the world, our son will always be our son and I will always be his mother. There's not many things that are permanent in this life, but the mother or son bond to the parent, that is permanent. Like no matter what happens, I will be his mom. And no matter what happens, he will be my son. And it's a lifelong commitment. And I know sometimes we see parenthood or motherhood as as like a, a box to check, right? Or marriage is a box to check. But 
I do think that there needs to be more conversation about what it really means to be a parent. You know, it's not just about love. It's more than that. You need you need the tools and the tactics and, and the mindset and, you know, the self-love for you because how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? Same thing that goes in relationships. How can you love yourself? How can you love someone else if you can't love yourself? And it's just magnified. So, you know, there's so much conversation that we will have in the near future and I just want to thank you for even giving this the time of day because whether the choice of words that I use or the stories that I tell, like I hope that you can feel this energy, this genuine, raw and authentic energy. And I just want to encourage all of you and empower all of you that the PhD in me, the PhD in you is so worth it. And it's not easy, but that's why we're growing this tribe right here, that we're all here for each other and there's no judgments here. You know, this is just to help you elevate your life and to create the life that you deserve. And I know you're worth it. I know you know you're worth it. And so all you have to do is say yes. And just by listening to this, just exposing yourself and just just being there, just considering it. Like that's such a big step. And so I don't want you to ever, you know, question, you know, am I doing enough? Am I capable? Like, do I have what it takes? Like, don't ever question yourself. Like the fact that you even give yourself the time of day to think about your life and your emotions, like that's such a big step. And I don't want you to underplay that. You know, I don't take that lightly whatsoever. Like you are doing such a great job and do not worry about the time. Don't worry about comparing yourself to other people that are your age. Don't even think about your age. You know, things happen the way they're going to. And so the more we participate and become active and take that action and surround ourselves with loving individuals, then, you know, the better off we'll be. So, you know, as always, I'm here in light and love. Namaste. Have yourself a bright day.